0: helps to stimulate around the eyes. Latest and greatest wellness trends,
1: treatments, and experiences.
0: Magnesium
1: is naturally found in foods like This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your
0: frequency.
2: Okay, it's time to commit. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah.
1: Here at Well and Good, we have seen a huge uptick in interest in sleep-related content. People want to know, how do you get good sleep? It's an age-old question because we know that sleep... And good sleep in particular is so essential to overall good well-being. However, the last two years have been weird. Our routines have changed. So many people have been under a ton of additional stress and we're all struggling to sleep. I'm General Manager, Kate Spees, and host of this episode where we're doing a bit of a check-in to discuss what's new in the sleep space, the pros and cons of sleep tech, and what we need to do to develop good sleep hygiene in this new pandemic world. We start in conversation with Dr. Jade Wu.
2: I'm Dr. Jade Wu. I'm a clinical psychologist and I'm also a sleep specialist. So I'm a board certified behavioral sleep medicine specialist, I actually started out doing research in anxiety and depression, and then I also pivoted over to Parkinson's disease and understanding the mental health issues in that area. Across all of these different diseases and disorders, everywhere I looked, sleep was a common denominator. I thought, you know, if we could just improve sleep, For everybody no matter what their chronic illness was or other thing that was going on was couldn't we raise the water for all boats and just improve everybody's wellness and health so that's how i got into sleep and it's a two-way street too right because when you're feeling anxious it's harder to get good sleep and then when you're not sleeping well there's more anxiety but once you get on a positive cycle then both avenues help each other
1: yeah absolutely so This is a pretty natural segue into a discussion around how the pandemic has impacted sleep. It has been a time for increased anxiety, depression, stress, uh, worry. You know, globally, we are seeing a huge spike in mental health concerns, and I imagine that our sleep has certainly been impacted as well. Can you talk to me a little bit about the impact of the pandemic on American sleep patterns?
2: Well, there's actually a little bit of good news and some bad news as well. Maybe bad news first, so we can end on a positive note. So some negative ways, as you've already mentioned, there's just been so much stress and uncertainty and anxiety and more depression. So of course, it's going to impact our sleep negatively. And that sort of is the more obvious thing that we can all feel and see. Some less obvious ways that the pandemic has impacted sleep. One is just our schedules are less consistent. So before it might be that we had a very strong morning routine where we had to be out the door at a certain time to go to work. Now a lot of people are working from home, so it's a lot easier to kind of roll out of bed whenever or maybe not even go outside all day long or not until very late in the day. And depending on when your first meeting is, you may not uh, you know, have to get up out of bed. And so our consistency of our routines is thrown off. And it turns out that light exposure, especially early in the day, has a huge impact on how well we sleep because this is the thing that really feeds the robustness of our circadian rhythms, our body clocks. Our body clocks really love to have day versus night contrast. And the biggest way you can get day versus night contrast and to really tell our brain when it is in the 24-hour cycle is to have lots of bright light exposure during the day.
1: You promised me some good news. As someone who has traditionally struggled to sleep the mental freedom of being able to just knowing innately that I can wake up kind of whenever I want, obviously not whatever I want, but knowing that I don't need to get up at, you know, 6.30 or 7 or 7.30 to make a certain ferry to get into the city, et cetera, that has been really beneficial mm. for me. And so I'd love to hear from you about the ways that COVID has Possibly, and this collapse of boundaries and collapse of regular routine has actually helped some people sleep.
2: Yes, this good news specifically applies to people who have naturally later chronotypes. Chronotypes are basically our biologically hardwired preference for when to sleep. And when to wake. So some of us are just natural born night owls. We can't help it. We get the most energy and creativity and you know, we have the most fun in the evenings, and we just can't really get ourselves to bed early. Or if we do, we just end up lying, tossing, and turning, not falling asleep. And it's really hard to get up early in the morning. We're just dragging our feet. People who are not morning people but having to fake being morning people or having to live by morning people's schedules are always swimming upstream and are always kind of working against their natural chronotype. So now during the pandemic, when they've been able to live more according to their natural tendency and their natural circadian rhythms, they've actually been able to sleep better, sleep more, and be healthier and happier. The best way to figure out what works best for you is you know, what would your body naturally kind of get into a pattern of if you were on vacation for a month or two, and you didn't have any other obligations that made you have to get up at a certain time or go to bed at a certain time. And you just followed your own body's cues and listened to your sleepiness in the evenings, went to bed when you were sleepy, woke up naturally when you were done sleeping. After a few weeks of that, you fall into a pattern.
1: Obviously, we do not all have the luxury to take a two-month vacation from our lives. So how do we discover our chronotype with all of the pressures and responsibilities that come with adulthood? Someone who had to learn the hard way is clinical psychologist, Dr. Jenna Gress-Smith.
0: My name is Dr. Jenna Gress-Smith. I became fascinated with sleep after my undergraduate career as at Stanford and working on some studies that had to do with sleep and pregnancy and also sleep and depression. And during that time, I was noticing it was just really hard for me to get up on time and be at a place before 10am. And if I was, it took a lot of effort. I even got in trouble with a job over it. And I felt so groggy and had such a hard time mastering an energy, I wouldn't be able to perform very well. That struggle would lead me to feel very stressed, very down, very self-conscious about my performance. Actually, it was the insight of one of my coworkers at the Stanford Department of Psychiatry where they did the sleep work that said, hey, I think you might have some delayed phase or some circadian rhythm tendencies because I was getting to work late, you know, and that was embarrassing, right? And so as we kind of investigated and studied and filled out some sleep diaries, like that was indeed the case, I was diagnosed. So it wasn't me being lazy or me being just really struggling, it was a medical issue. So I just became so passionate. I then used light therapy and took, you know, different approaches to address. And although the morning is still not my brightest best time, I'm able to get up and function way better, but I do have to be extremely consistent and when I learned how to address those My whole life changed. My energy, my ability to be engaged in my life. And instead of my fatigue kind of running things for me, I was able to run things for me. And that was such a good feeling. It really enhanced my motivation to keep sleep as a part of what I do from that point forward.
1: Consistency, consistency, consistency. This annoying word came up in my conversation with Dr. Jade and Dr. Jenna consistently. I am someone who loves my sleep, but I also struggle with sleep, and so I know that I personally would love someone to say to me, "Hey, take this supplement or, hey, do this one thing and it will revolutionize your whole sleep schedule. However, every single sleep expert I've ever spoken to say that there isn't one silver bullet and that actually getting good sleep is all about consistency. I asked Dr. Jenna, is it true that consistency is more important than every other aspect
0: of sleep hygiene? You're right. People want a number. They want to take a certain milligrams of something. And really what it comes down to is finding the patterns that work for your life. You know, my bedtime and your bedtime and my wake time and your wake, they might be different. So it's that journey to find that individualized need. And then yes, I would say consistency is a huge part of it, but not just with the sleep per se, you know, like wake time and bedtime, but also what are we doing the hour before sleep are we even giving ourselves enough window? Are we scrolling? Are we, you know, like you said, stressing about our sleep or or other things? So I think the consistency is also around, you know, when we're going to bed, but also our morning routine and the consistency around that. And I think that's why we continually have so many sleep problems is we want the quick fix. We want outside solutions. And we want something that we do a couple times and sticks. And not only in the sleep space, I think in health and wellness in general, those answers are pretty, pretty limited. It's interesting. I can work with someone who's had sleep problems for a decade and by the time they want, they will say they'll do anything to improve their sleep. And then when we come down to this like individualized anchored plan, that's just for them, they, they struggle. Yeah. They're like, I
1: want to watch that one more episode. I need to watch that extra hour of Netflix. I say that because that's literally me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Hey, I did it last week too. I mean, we're all human. So it's like balancing that humanness in us and the need for consistency to drive a healthy sleep pattern. That is the struggle that I think we can all get on board with, but you know, sometimes we just also tend to wait too long. Yeah, And so then we're really struggling, we're really suffering, and that drives that need for that quick solution.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: So what do we know so far? Sleep is important for our overall mental and physical well-being. Consistency is key. And we all need to take some time to really figure out which sleep Hygiene patterns work for us. Like everything in well being, it's so individual and you need to really just do what works for you. Another theme that kept coming up in my conversations with the doctors, but also previous to this podcast recording, is that our 24 hour circadian rhythms are incredibly important to sleep hygiene and that we're probably not thinking about the full cycle of our day enough. Dr. Jade shares this.
2: We can definitely see how that good sleep underlies all of our good physical and mental health. But I think one thing that I would bring up to emphasize, because I think this is not talked about quite enough, is that we often only talk about nighttime sleep as if sleep is only just by itself important. But it's actually the 24-hour circadian rhythm cycle that is also really important. So for example, we all know that we need to get enough sleep, we need to get good quality sleep, but did you know that shift work is the only non-chemical carcinogen that we know of, right? So this is something that literally contributes to increased risk for cancer, doing shift work. And why is that? Well, our bodies and our brains really like to be on that predictable 24-hour cycle. And more that we can stay consistently on that 24-hour cycle with a big contrast between day and night, the healthier and happier we are. And when that cycle is thrown off, Lots of things start to get confused in our bodies. Our metabolism gets thrown off, our blood pressure gets thrown off, you know, our brain health, our ability to sleep, good quality sleep, and be energetic during the day, all of that gets confused. If we have really severe rotating shifts, for example, that is detrimental to our health. And that's why there's been lots of studies accumulating over years and decades. We know that, for example, nurses who have often a long career of doing night shifts and rotating shifts are at a higher risk of having breast cancer later on. So I think it really goes to show that our circadian rhythms are really important
1: this is such a good point. I have definitely been guilty of thinking purely about the evening and not about the day and how it all ties together. I've been in Australia now for a few weeks, so I've passed the jet lag. But when you go to the other side of the world, that's when you realize just how much your circadian rhythms really impact every part of your day. Because when they're off, they're really off and it's hard to
2: function. Even if you're not traveling all the way to the other side of the world, there's something called social jet lag. So this is where you're not physically traveling, but you're Mm. kind of switching between maybe two schedules, let's say weekday versus weekend. And a lot of people who are night owls do this, which I understand because on weekdays, let's say you have to get up at seven for work. But then you feel like, oh, oh my gosh, now that it's a weekend, I really want to catch up and be able to live by my natural chronotype, and then you sleep until nine or 10. uh, And then Monday, you're back to the seven again. So what's happening is you're flying yourself from New York to Los Angeles and back, you know, basically traversing those three time zones back and forth every weekend. And that's actually a big stressor on your body. It's throwing off your circadian rhythms. And we actually know from research that social jet lag is associated with poor metabolism. So, you know, even if you're eating the same amount of food, there's less efficient metabolism. There's more weight gain. It's harder to lose weight if you have social jet lag going on. And also there's greater rates of depression symptoms also when you have social jet lag. Even just, you know, a couple of hours, few hours can make a difference.
1: I will never, ever forget that analogy When Dr. Jade shared this, it was a real aha moment for me. And next time I'm deciding between getting to bed or watching one more episode of season two of Cheer on Netflix, I'm going to keep in mind that it is like being on a cross-country flight if I keep pushing my bedtime backwards and forwards between the week and the weekend. So, how does sleep tech play into all of this? We've talked a lot about natural remedies for getting good sleep, but is technology a good or a bad thing? It's hotly debated because one camp says too much data, too much overworking of our sleep. And actually we need to get back to basics. While another camp said in the right hands and with the right analysis, sleep data Provided by Sleep Tech can be incredibly, incredibly powerful. Dr. Jade and Dr. Jenna are personally in Camp Two.
2: As a researcher, I'm very excited about Sleep Tech because for the first time, Ever, you know, we can gather so much data from so many people about their sleep and learn about people's sleep in their home environments in a brand new way. And it's just very exciting. And I think there's plenty that we can learn from these sleep tech things. Right now, uh, a lot of these wearables are FDA authorized as entertainment. And, you know, it could be entertaining. It's fun to kind of see what your body is doing and learn more about it. Where I have mixed feelings, is as a clinician of people who have insomnia, for example. And I think a lot of people with insomnia have similar feelings to you where they get stressed out by the data, especially if the data are not also coming with reasonable, actionable advice for what to do with this data. So I think with sleep tech, it's kind of like a, it could be really cool. There's a lot of potential there, but use with caution and, I look forward to kind of developments where there's more interpretation, more context, more professional guidance that comes with these data. And I think there's a lot of potential for that to be helpful.
1: Dr. Jenna has this perspective.
0: The fact that I felt a little frustrated that the only way to provide people this information and get them on their way is a one-on-one intervention. There's only so many people. I can see any year we, you can do groups and things, but it's still with some mental health stigma. I think what I'm most excited about is one, this concept of circadian health and understanding how light, temperature, and other things that people can manipulate in their environments can help their sleep. And the second is how we can use the data as a meaningful guide. I think we're in phase one of that data being available that phase two over the next probably year to two of what services are going to crop up that help people digest that and put it into action and create those individualized, sustainable plans. We haven't gotten there yet and there aren't very many platforms available. And I think that will continue to emerge that really, I think will help people on their quest of energy because we've lost a lot of touch with our sleep boundaries. And so I'm also excited about just better sleep awareness and how important sleep is as a fundamental aspect to our health.
1: So there we have it, the latest and greatest in sleep. I know that I took some good lessons from my chats with the doctors, and above all, I'm going to give myself a little bit more grace and keep in mind that one bad night's sleep does not throw everything off. I know through personal experience that having trouble sleeping is a really stressful and anxiety-inducing thing. But let's commit to giving ourselves a little bit more grace and hopefully having a good night's sleep tonight. On today's show, you heard from Dr. Jade Wu and Dr. Jenna Gress-Smith. This episode was produced by Taylor Camille, Ella Dove, and me, Kate Spees, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share the pod. Mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lekomsky and Matt DiDomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette.